Are the Giants really going to go into the 2022 season handing Joey Bart an everyday starting role at catcher uh, after he struggled so much in that role in 2020 after Buster Posey opted out? Uh, How about the question, how does Farhan Zaidi compare to Brian Sabian three years now into the Farhan Zaidi era in San Francisco? So we have a lot of really interesting uh, Giants questions that you guys asked on Twitter, and we're going to get to them next on today's Locked on Giants. You are Locked on Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, now including YouTube as well. And coming up on today's show, it is Mailbag Monday. We are going to be answering your questions from Twitter, and without further delay, let's just jump right in. Sleepy Mofo asks, chances the team signs or trades for a veteran catcher versus letting Joey Bart go in there, num- in letting Joey Bart go in as their number one choice for the catching position. And Tim asks, do you think Bart will actually start opening day or do you think the Giants will trade for Yankees or Cubs starting catchers that only have one year remaining on their contract? and have Bart number two the whole season and Casale number three. So this is probably the most pertinent question facing the Giants right now, besides maybe uh, all the spots they have to fill in free agency. But to give you my quick and blunt answer, I do not think that Joey Bart will just be handed an everyday role in 2022. I think he's going to have to earn it and... Yeah, there's too much risk associated with just giving the everyday job to a player uh, when there's a chance of failure. And if Joey Bart just struggles like he did in 2020, uh, then having just Casale as the next best option and then Joey Bart sitting on the bench, it doesn't make sense in a lot of ways. And so, yes, they're talking Bart up like Farhan Zaidi keeps saying Joey Bart had a great season at AAA and we think he's ready and it's his time to shine. But just to be blunt, I don't think that he goes into 2022 as the starting catcher. I think that uh, there's a chance that they trade him. There's also a chance, I think, in a perfect world for them, he's that number three catcher, someone who gets an opportunity, but they're not completely reliant upon him having success. So so Casale is arbitration eligible This year, uh, projected, predicted to earn about $2 million. So I think that's something that the Giants will pick up, given that Buster Posey retired, and otherwise they just have little catching depth. But the question about trading for 
Gary Sanchez or Wilson Contreras is interesting because, yeah, both are on the last year of their deals. Contreras projected to earn $8.7 million in arbitration. Uh, Gary Sanchez projected to earn $7.9 million in arbitration. So the cost wouldn't be too great, especially with Gary Sanchez, who has had his difficulties. But there is kind of a natural fit there. Uh, and also, if you look at the free agent market, I am intrigued by Manny Pena among the catchers who are out there. He's a really good defensive catcher, and he can hit left-handed pitching pretty well. I don't think it's a perfect fit to have maybe Casale and Pena, but also I think that you could tell Pena, look, you're going to get a real shot here to play a lot, and that might be intriguing for him to come to the Giants. So they have some options, uh, but the option I don't see happening is just handing Joey Bart the starting role. And to be clear, it's because, I mean, look at what transpired in 2020. The struggles were very, very real. And then this season in AAA, there was just, yes, the performance was good in a lot of ways, but also there were still some red flags like a high strikeout rate and a high average on balls in play fueling the offense. So I think they continue to believe in him to some degree, but just to hand him the everyday role, we saw uh, what the downside potentially is. We saw it in 2020. <clears throat> so the next question comes from OGC, who asks, your thought on Brian Sabian versus Farhan Zaidi after three seasons. The results, uh, not results, but more style, persona, media engagement, and management style. So not results, but style, persona. I am a big fan, and I think about this a lot when I when I compare the two, or just when I'm thinking about Farhan Zaidi, I naturally compare him to the old regime. And the thing about the front office under Brian Sabian, they were so insulated. They were so private. They held everything close to the vest. They were not open. It was rare that you got uh, to hear anything from them. Very little leaked out of that front office. It was really frustrating as a fan and as a media person, I was just kind of privately podcasting, wouldn't really call it media necessarily at the time. But the point is they were frustrating to cover if you're not just talking about um, results. So Farhan Zaidi is very personable and very likable, and he makes himself available to the media a lot more often. He's funny. He He's just a great guy to be leading this front office and when you talk about management style it's great i mean they they everything that they say just nails it to me they they're they're very not top down they're more kind of side to side from a management style he wants to be surrounded by collaboration he wants to be you know having everybody involved in the decision making process because he thinks that that's the best way to get the best ideas forward when you're letting everybody have a voice. And so it's hard he's it, it's hard for him to have done any better and to have impressed me any more to be honest. Like there's really nothing I can point to. And I got to say like the fact that he's he makes decisions not based on what the fan reaction is going to be. I mean, look at the hiring of Gabe Kapler that was bound to be very unpopular they knew it was going to be, and they did it anyway because he felt that strongly he was the right person for the job. And, you know, there there have been other decisions like that as well. And 
man, I mean, it just has worked out really, really well. And I think that that willingness to take risk risks is also highly valued by me when I'm evaluating after three years. It's hard to believe it's been three years with the Giants. So coming up next, more questions and answers. We're going to talk about uh, some trade possibilities and also uh, Giants pitching prospects who may uh, break camp and start the season with the team. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports movies, movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is that there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, as promised, we are going to continue with questions and answers. Next question comes from Sean, who says, what is the likelihood the Giants do at least one trade involving a mid-tier major league player? They have a surplus of outfield prospects that should be attractive to many teams. And this is actually a question I'm going to tie in with John's question here, who asks, which current Giants pitching prospect has the best chance to make the starting rotation with an impressive spring training performance. Now, in first glance, these might not necessarily seem like related questions, but to me, it has everything to do with uh, needing to protect players from the Rule 5 draft. And in fact, that deadline to add guys to the 40-man roster is coming up. I believe it's this week. Um, So we obviously, that date, I can pull it up somewhere. I think it's uh, the middle to the end of the week. By the way, we have qualifying offer decisions uh, due by Wednesday. Brandon Belt was offered the qualifying offer. We're going to know one way or the other. Did he accept or reject by Wednesday? But also, the Giants have to add players to their 40-man roster to protect them from the Rule 5 draft. And they have a lot of guys that they're probably going to need to add. But when you look at Sean Jelly, uh, to answer John's question, Sean Jelly may be that guy. But on top of that, you have players who are out of minor league options, and among them is Tyler Beattie. And so these guys, you can't just send them to the minor leagues. Well, Sean Jelly, you can, but he would have to, he would be on that 40 man roster. And so that increases the odds, obviously, of them uh, making that major league debut and breaking camp. But Tyler Beattie, I don't know, John, if you're counting him as a prospect anymore, but. He's probably maybe the pick for me because of the fact that he doesn't have options. This is kind of an underrated aspect of the Giants' uh, upcoming offseason, current offseason, is all the guys who are out of options, including Lamont Wade Jr., Steven Duggar, Tyro Estrada, Tyler Beattie, uh, Mauricio Dubon, and on and on. So... They're going to have to, like, something has to give with these players. They cannot send them to the minors. So I think it's going to, uh, 
caused them to make some trades. And so when the question from Sean was the likelihood the Giants do at least one trade involving a mid-tier MLB player, I think that all these out-of-option guys make that more likely, but also the Rule 5 guys. You mentioned outfielders. The Giants have several, like Elliot Ramos has to be added to the 40-man roster. And when we're looking at next year, Luis Matos, Hunter Bishop, and others will have to be added to the 40-man roster. So it's going to uh, trigger some action. I'm not sure the Giants are uh, excited to trade good outfield prospects, but as you mentioned, they do have a lot of them, and so it is an area of strength, and they could deal from it. Jalen Davis is another guy who continues to be on the 40-man roster, but not sure exactly when his opportunity is going to come. So he's another uh, technically prospect who could potentially be dealt. But just look for the rule five, like all the names that are going to have to be added uh, this week uh, to the 40 man is is going to tell us a lot about what the Giants will end up doing, whether it's trades and or who is likely to, to get a shot beginning in uh, 2022. All right, so the next question comes from Pill, who asks, Logan Webb extension when so yeah i mean people want to know what is up with logan webb and uh the fact is he's pre-arbitration eligible in 2022 so he can be retained for the league minimum salary going into next season and then starting next offseason he's arbitration eligible for the first time and then you have three years of arbitration eligibility so he's under club control for the next four seasons, which is the good news. The not bad news, but I mean, he's only 24. He actually turns 25 in three days on November uh, 18th. So when you think about, okay, four more years of club control, that's age 25, six, seven, and eight seasons. So he is a guy you would definitely think about extending if they're if you believe that the performance is going to be really good for the next however many years, like close to 10 years, you know, into his mid uh, 30s. But I'm not saying give him a 10 year extension, but I'm saying if you believe in him beyond the years of club control, then why not add on maybe three, four years of uh, to a contract? So, yeah, it's a possibility and it's a possibility this winter. I think now would be a pretty good time for it because. From a team's perspective, if he has another great season in 2022, the value is just going to continue to go up. At this point, there's a little bit of leverage for both sides. The Giants have the leverage of saying, you know, they have four years of club control, so there's no urgency to do an extension. And Logan Webb has the leverage of saying, I I just had a great season. I was your number one starter in the postseason, and I pitched great against the Dodgers. Uh, twice and so I'm good and I deserve a lot of money in this extension so I would yeah it's a decent time for it and I I wouldn't be surprised if they did do something this offseason now is probably the time if you're going to do it uh, now would be a good time but you can just wait and see how it goes in 2022 it's just that he would cost more assuming he has another good season which I would expect him to do at this point. 
So Bryce asks, do you think the Giants trading for someone like, or do you like the Giants trading for someone like Jose Ramirez or sign someone like Simeon more likely? So Jose Ramirez, a lot of people ask about Jose Ramirez and for good reason. I mean, first of all, he is a great, great player. And secondly, the Cleveland Guardians are known for kind of dealing players even when they're in their prime like uh, Francisco Lindor and the reason being that they can't necessarily afford to extend the players for you know beyond the years of club control and so they need to get something for them but the fact is I mean Jose Ramirez is arguably a top two three player in the game he is that good Uh, he is a great player I would just love to see this guy with the San Francisco Giants But I don't really see the Guardians trading him because he's under club control for two more seasons and it's so cheap. I mean, okay, they may trade him. It's possible. I think they'd rather try to extend him. It's not impossible for that team to extend players. I think they just sometimes need to be really careful about it, and they are. But he is the type of guy that they would try to retain no matter what. I mean, without him, their team is going to just fall apart. Uh, He is that good. And the club control is really cheap. He has, uh, it's $11 million in 2022, and then a $13 million club option for 2023. So two years, 24 million, but it is a club option. So it's not a full guarantee it's really just a $11.45 million guarantee. So it would just cost a ton. We're talking, they're going to want Marco Luciano for this type of talent. And I don't think that it's worth it for two years of control for the Giants. So we'll 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 finish answering that question next because you also asked about signing someone like Simeon if that was more likely. And then there are more questions to get to as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, But first, I want you to know that I love Thanksgiving, and it's coming up. We're just over a week away. And what's frustrating, though, for me about Thanksgiving is that you've got all these delicious desserts, and I tend not uh, to want to indulge. And I'm sure that some of you probably have a guilty uh, feeling after indulging in all those sweets. Maybe not. Maybe you just uh, love to indulge. But for me, at least, I like to avoid sugar. And so it's, it's frustrating and tempting with all that all those pies and whatnot around. Well, the beauty is for me that Built Bar exists because Built Bar can replace that coconut pie, replace that raspberry pie with a coconut Built Bar or a raspberry Built Bar. And they have just four to five grams of sugar, which is so much less than whoever knows how many grams of sugar are in those pies. And Built Bars really do taste like dessert and they're covered in 100% real chocolate, but they are healthy. So you can have some for yourself this Thanksgiving season by going to BuiltBar.com and using promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, here we go. We're going to uh, wrap up answering that question about Jose Ramirez. A lot of people ask about Jose Ramirez. I just think don't put your don't get your hopes up on getting Jose Ramirez. If he's available, you're going to have every team in baseball uh, fighting for his services. He's just that good and cheap 
So it's 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 a long shot to say the least. So the Giants have all this freed up money. They could very, very much make a Marcus Simeon signing just as an example. So I think, yeah, that's definitely more likely than trading for someone like Jose Ramirez. So, I mean, Simeon, he grew up, he was born in San Francisco. I think he grew up a Giants fan. I'm not entirely sure, but he he kind of lived in the East Bay. He went to Cal. He played for the A's. He's just a Bay Area guy. And so to me, there's a fit there because he's got the great plate discipline. He hit 45 home runs this year. Uh, He could play second base pretty much every day. And imagine the infield defense. If you bring back Brandon Belt, Simeon, Belt, Crawford, Longoria, that would be just a great defensive infield. And then they can hit too. I mean, especially Simeon, Crawford, Belt, Longoria against left-handed pitching. Um, and then assuming the DH is coming to the National League, you could have Tommy LaStella kind of play more of a DH role, maybe platooning with Darren Ruff as the designated hitter. So that would not be a bad scenario. And I kind of am dreaming on that a little bit. There's just some underlying numbers for Simeon that suggest maybe the bat is more league average than what we saw this year, which is a big difference from what we saw. So I'm not exactly sure how the market is going to see him. But as some of you know, I've been averaging MLB Trade Rumors, ESPN, and Fangraph's uh, contract predictions, and the average for Simeon comes out to five years, 125 million, 25 million per year. And I think that's a pretty solid deal for a player with his upside and the character he brings to a team and the defense and the speed. He's just a intriguing guy. And yeah, I think that that's more likely than a trade for Jose Ramirez. I know I keep saying that. Anyway, next question comes from Steve, who says the Giants offseason is going to be just as frustrating as the trade deadline, huh? And I'm not entirely sure what you mean, because the trade deadline, they got Chris Bryant. Like, weren't people happy about that? I think people are generally happy with the Giants trade deadline. I don't know if you mean maybe uh, missing out on Max Scherzer and other arms, which did prove to potentially be a little bit costly, maybe more than a little bit costly. But the fact is the Scherzer thing got crazy when they the Dodgers also wanted Trey Turner. Like that, the Giants would have had to give up uh, pretty much Marco Luciano, Marco Luciano caliber player uh, to get those two. So missing out on Scherzer was frustrating, but they did get Bryant, but that proved to be, uh, I mean... I would say that they needed Bryant in order to get that one win advantage they ended up having over the Dodgers. But anyway, I don't think the deadline was frustrating, nor do I think that this offseason is going to be frustrating. I'm not sure if you mean that nothing has happened yet, but nothing generally happens in the baseball offseason in November these days. I mean, the, the expiring collective bargaining agreement could change that. There's going to be some motivation for some players to get something done before a potential lockout beginning on December 2nd. So it's possible that things are going to happen in November, but the fact that the Giants haven't really done anything yet doesn't really mean anything to me. We're just twiddling our thumbs here waiting for something to happen. And they have so much money to spend and so many uh, spots to fill. I think it's going to be a thrilling offseason for the San Francisco Giants. They're going to be 
when it's all said and done, arguably the most active team. And they've been extremely active in the last couple years as well. Maybe not getting the big name player, although they did try for Bryce Harper a couple years ago, remember? And and to me, it was a legitimate pursuit. They offered him 12 years, $310 million. He ended up accepting 13, 330. So they were close. But uh, I think that this year is going to be as exhilarating as any in recent memory for the Giants. Last question comes from Thomas, who says, will they sign someone before December 1st? So that's the big question. I lean towards yes, and particularly Brandon Belt. Uh, He is a free agent, but he does have the the qualifying offer decision to make that's going to force some action. It forces Belt's side to be talking to other teams to gauge his market, basically to determine if he thinks he should accept the qualifying offer or not. But I would expect the Giants to get something done with Brandon Belt uh, before December 1st. I have just been assuming that he's going to be back. It's not a guarantee, but I think they would like him back, and I think he likes it here. So that's my prediction, is that Belt will sign before December 1st, and arguably uh, he may sign this week. And because that deadline is uh, Wednesday to make a decision on the qualifying offer, not necessarily to sign, but at least to make a decision on the qualifying offer, which is one year, 18.4 million. So anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Coming up throughout the week, we have a lot to get to. There's some stuff from last week that we still haven't uh, been able to get to that I want to get to eventually. Uh, Farhan Zaidi winning executive of of the year, the Giants making some waiver claims And then we've got these deadlines coming up. Like I said, the Rule 5 deadline uh, to add players to protect them from that Rule 5 draft and the qualifying offer. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it, leaving a review, liking, commenting, subscribing on YouTube, all of that good stuff. So thank you so much in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.